All right. The first text for today is Luke 11, verse 1. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And Lord, we pray that for us also, Lord God, that the word will fill our minds and our hearts, Lord, in your name. Amen. Okay. John the Baptist was teaching his disciples. And Jesus was teaching his disciples, teaching them to pray. And Jesus has a lot of prayer in the Bibles, too. So we can look things up like that. But first, he told his disciples how not to pray. And on Matthew 6, verses 5 and 6, it reads as follows. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And there are many times where there are cases when we're not to be doing public discussions with people, and there are other times where it's fine for us to pray for others. But we need to understand in our hearts and in our minds, are we going to just be out there, be an object, or are we trying to serve the Lord and to pray for people so that they can understand exactly what it is that we want to do for them. Prayer is about intimacy, not publicity. Okay? Because when we have the anointers up here, it, that's, that's intimacy. That's for us to pray with the person who wants a prayer. There are times when the groups will come together and we will pray. But that's because everybody is in the same reason for that. We're praying for the same purposes, okay? We can have privacy, but not pride. Okay? Where, where is the pride to be, okay? It's relational. How much are we going to learn? How much are we going to say to other people? How much are we going to pray since prayer is one of the most powerful things that we have? The power of prayer is what's exciting to all of us, okay? Your motive behind your prayer is important, okay? God looks on our hearts. He looks on our minds. He looks on our hearts, okay? We must begin to be humble with our prayers, there are times when we're going to be very vocal, very active, very loud, but there's still humbleness needed in certain cases, okay? Our motives make the difference. Lots of Tuesdays when the groups are here, we can pray together too. And there's not a lot of yelling and there's not a lot of screaming. There's praying, and it's praying to the Lord, and that treats us very, very well. We make the difference if we can, okay? We search our hearts and remove any of our impure motives because some of us will have an idea that is not actually the way that Christ would have that to go, okay? And we need to confess and repent, okay? So confess and repent are two, two objects that are very, very important, okay? To confess, you have to admit that there was a fault, you had to do something. You have to confess that, okay? 
And repent is when you have the severe repentance for that wrongdoing so that it doesn't get wrong again. There's many of us that have problems and then we just keep doing the same problem. We just keep doing the same problem. That's, that's not right. We are supposed to get with God, talk with God. God will talk to us and then he can remove things from us. Many of us here have been removed from bad situations from the Lord. Okay? I won't tell you mine, but there were several. When God reaches down, he doesn't touch me, he talks to me. Then he slaps me. Okay? I'll just tell you this, okay? I don't feel it, but my head goes like that. You can sit in your room, you can look up in the corner, and you can ask him, and you better be quiet because he's going to tell you something. And it's very, very exciting when you hear it. Prayer makes a difference in all of our lives. Amen. In every one of our lives, you, if you're going to pray, okay? And this is the thing. This goes way, way back. I think I told you when I had my briefcase and my cup of coffee, then I wouldn't do my devotions and I wouldn't do my prayers. Then the Lord says, get rid of your briefcase. So I put the briefcase over there, and now it's every morning. Every morning, devotions, cup of coffee, breakfast bar, Bible reading, and prayer. Now, that's about 15 minutes, maybe, maybe 20, okay? It's not the end of my life. That is just something that really helps me speak to him. Then when I can get in the car and go somewhere else, he can speak to me. And you can hear from the Lord also, okay? Jesus told his disciples how they should pray, okay? Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You know that's the Lord's Prayer, right? Okay, so listen to what parts of it are. Parts of it are forgiveness and temptation. If you think about it, okay? There are always people who need forgiveness. And there's always people who end up going into temptation. And then you have to have the regret of that. You have to get back to God's mercy on temptation, okay? And so what we do is we try to tell people, always remember your forgiveness. Now, here's, what, here's what's going to happen, okay? I'm not going to tell you, okay? Yeah, I'm going to tell you, okay? Um, 20 years, I spent 20 years after being kicked out when I was 13, okay? I spent 20 years not being with my father, 20 years. You know why? Because I was not forgiven him. And the Lord, when we were, I can't tell you, we were in a group, I think I told Pastor Mike today, we were in a group of 36 men in a counseling session. Three of us were the ones who were counseling. And the Lord was talking to me when I'm trying to talk to them. And so when I drove home, he's still talking to me. And I thought, boy, that's... So when I get home, I told Jill, ha, Jill's not here today. But anyways, she's in Monaco with Eric's church. So I went home and I said, Jill, you, you're not going to believe it. God was telling me to call Dad. And she went and got the phone. 
And she gave it to me, and I said, I'm not calling Dad. And she says, well, if God told you to call Dad, and I got you the phone, what are you going to do? And I said, oh, man. So I called my dad. You, you don't know my dad, okay? So I called my dad, and he goes, yeah, okay. That, that's how he answers the phone. And I said, Dad, I just want you to know I apologize, and we're done. And he goes, what? He didn't even know. He didn't even know. And I said, okay, we're done. We're done. Went to a family reunion that year. Jill and all the kids get out of the car. My dad's coming out. Jill's going, boy, I got, I got to stand here by, by Nick. And I said, no, go on in there because dad's going to punch me, right? <laughs> right out. And he came over and he gave me a handshake and he gave me a hug and we became father and son. Now, if that has happened to one of you, fix it. Yeah. I'm not kidding you. Fix it. Amen. It is that important to fix it. Because when my son was not my son, it would be his sixth son, David, he was thrown out of the house. And then at my dad's funeral, David got well with my dad two weeks before he died. That was unbelievable. I sat next to him in that funeral home. He was just bawling. And I thought to myself, that's what we're supposed to do. We are supposed to get back to what we need. What is it that God wants us to do? And that's, that's just one of the things that just always has made me very happy now because that was 20 years of being an idiot. I'm saying the word idiot. When God's talking to you and you're not paying any attention, you better open your ears and unclog your heart because there are things that we need to take care of, okay? Our focus is to be on our Father in heaven, okay? There's four important principles. Number one, we are adopted by him. Are we not accepted as his child? No. Yes, we are. He is one of us. Number two, we are to show affection for him. Do we cultivate affection for him? Do we talk to other people about him? We're supposed to, okay? He's close to us. He's one of us. So help to share that with other people. When you talk to other people, tell them. You, you can tell them about God. You can tell them about Jesus. You can tell them about the Holy Spirit. If they don't want to, fine, move on. But speak to them, okay? And we have access to him, a member of the family. There was a song that used to be, I'm a member of the family of God. Remember that? That's what we are. If we're a member, we're a member of the family of God. And number four, we exhibit adoration of him. We adore and revere him because of what? He is holy. So we can talk to other people and tell them, you need to seek God. You need to understand that he is holy. Everything, everything that he does is right. Everything that he, that he does is truth. We need to continue to spread that to other people, okay? We should have continual surrender and submission to Jesus. When somebody tells you that you did something wrong, I'm not saying they're yelling at you, 
But when somebody tells you that you did something wrong, you might want to think that over and take care of it. Because sometimes we do do something wrong. As a matter of fact, I would bet a dollar, but I don't bet anymore, that we all make a mistake every day. People will go, no. I said, wait. When you go to bed at night and put your head on the pillow, and you pray to God and say, did I do anything wrong today? Wait. Wait and see. <laughs> Whoa, boy. Did you ever mess that one up? Okay. I remember Pastor Tim standing right here and saying almost that exact sentence one day, saying, you got to watch it because you're going to make a mistake. Things are going to go badly, okay? Prayer is how we bring back, okay, a taste of heaven to earth. How do we bring it back? We go to him. He comes to us, okay? And there's two important lessons that we go through here. Prayer brings our life into submission to Christ. Who are we submitting to? Jesus Christ. We're submitting to him. We want to do what he tells us to do in his word. What is it we're to do? What are we to say? What are we to do for other people? When people come in to talk to you, and they, they, they don't have a Bible, and they, they, they don't read the Bible very well, okay? You need to get them a Bible and then tell them where to read so that they can understand, yes, there is word of God in the book. And read it and use it. Because prayer also aligns us with the redemptive purposes of God. We can have a taste of heaven right here on earth. And you know that. And it's happened. Uh, I'll just say that um, we've had people whose terrible, terrible illnesses have gone well. In this, in this body, in the prayer groups, when everybody's praying by themselves, okay? Lawson was one. Gloria I keep praying for. There are people who can be healed even when the Five or six doctors say he won't make it till tomorrow. I remember. Dave, oh, hi, Dave. But anyways, I remember this. I just remember it so well. Pray, 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 pray. And then all of a sudden, he got baptized out here. My gosh, I was, I was going, really? And he didn't have a change of clothes. He didn't care. He was going to get baptized. And I thought, that was a good thing. Prayer is a mighty instrument. And I'm going to tell you the truth, okay? Before, before I was a, a, a big prayer, I'll just say that, okay? But the prayer is the mighty instrument. What do you want to happen with your prayer? What is going to happen, okay? John 14, verses 13 and 14, they read as this. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. All right, now. He will, I will ask anything in his name and he will do it. You notice it doesn't say he will do it in a minute. He'll do it in an hour. It just means he will do it. So what are we waiting for? Wait. Wait. Wait on him. Continue to talk to him. There are reasons that he might make things a little longer. 
I, I had the seven and a half year one, seven and a half years. And I thought, that was, that was ridiculous. And how was it ridiculous? <laughs> We're still here. In other words, everything went well. But I think what he was doing is he was pushing everything in my advantage. Yes. My advantage. And then he's just waiting to see that boy's got to change. You know what? He's, got, he's, got, he's not thinking too well right now. And so this is what's very, very important to us, okay? He will do it when he is ready, when it's the appropriate time. Are you asking it the right way? Are you asking even the thing that, that would be important? So continue to pray, always pray. God invites us to present our needs. We have needs. Everybody in this room has needs, right? All right. And when we just said the Lord's Prayer a few minutes ago, Number one, pray dependently, okay? We can pray for our own needs, or I can pray for somebody else's needs. We do that here. We pray for our own needs, and then we can pray for somebody else's needs, okay? Secondly, we pray regularly, and that means, come on, every day, pray. You can pray while the day's going on. You can, you can, just, you can just really pray, pray. Especially when somebody, like, things come in on the phone, and, boy, I'm so sorry, this person got sick, and this person got sick, and it was on the phone. Well, you, you have to pray for those. You, you don't just, just look at it and then delete it. Aren't we going to pray for people? Aren't we going to pray that they're going to get well? Aren't things going to happen? Because we're, we're talking to God, we're talking to people... We're talking to people who those names, I don't even know who they are. And you know what? It don't matter. Why would it matter? I know the name, so I say it to God. Lord, please reach down and touch this person. Pray regularly. Number three, pray specifically. When do we pray specifically to people, okay? We're looking to God to provide things, whether it be our daily bread whether it be something else, okay? Is it for someone else that needs help? Is it for someone else that needs something else, okay? And we're supposed to pray for people and help them, and that is what we are to do. And it's part of the Lord's Prayer. That's a very important prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. It doesn't have to be bread. It just can be a symbolic need that somebody's going to need. What is the most powerful aspect of prayer for you? Okay. The most powerful aspect of prayer for you. Right? Could it be forgiveness? Forgiveness is very important, okay? Matthew 6, 14 and 15. For if you forgive men... When they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And that's not my word. That's out of God's word. Did you catch that last line? Okay. If you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. What are you going to do? Are you not forgiving somebody? If 
But that's okay because you're mad. That was bad. That was no good. You ran away, you know. But then when God says, you need to forgive him. Forgive him. Now, that, by the way, is not as easy as some people do. Forgive people the best that you can. Forgiveness requires confession. Why, why would I be confessing that I'm forgiving <laughs> since I was mad so long? I have to say, Lord, that, that was me, that was wrong, and I am confessing, and I am forgiving that, and we're going to move on. And if any of you, and I, I don't know who's who, but, but if any of you still have someone that requires forgiveness, guess who's supposed to do it? Guess, I mean, you're supposed to take care of it. Now, even if you do it and it doesn't go well, which, which happens sometimes, you did what the Lord said to do. That's what you said to do. Because there, there, there have been people who have been, well, they'll come into the counseling center and they'll do this and that, and I'll say, well, you really, you've you got to take care of you-know-who. And then they will, and then a month or two later, they'll come in and they'll go, I did it, I did it, but they didn't do it. I said, no, you did it, and he told you to do it. Now we'll wait on this one. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you're, if you're forgiving the person, and the person's saying, no, I don't forgive you, well, that's time out. You've already done the forgiveness. Now who's the one that isn't forgiving? <laughs> it, it, I'm telling you, there are a lot of them out there. A lot of them. And we need to be forgiven people. We need to move on. We need to confess. We need to repent. We need to do things the right way so that we can move on and others can help also, okay? You must confess that you have sinned and need God's forgiveness. That, that's part of the aspect right there. If we need to bring forgiveness, we have to do that, okay? People can hurt us and often make it easy for us to justify unforgiveness. Right. If somebody hurts you, now you're mad, aren't you? Okay. And now you're not going to forgive them because why? You are mad. I'm sorry. You, you are mad. It's time for us to go back and try to talk the person out of it. What, what was it? What brought that on? Why in the world are we talking about unforgiveness? Are we going to refuse to forgive that person? If we do, it'll be me that suffers. You know that? For 20 years, <laughs> I was doing all that really great stuff of don't, don't you forgive dad. No, no, no. And all it was, I was going down, 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 and my wife was trying to bring me up. You're not right. You're not right. Well, then when God did the, you ever have one of those? If, if, if you've had one, let me do you one. But anyways, God shook the bejeebas out of me. And then I said, okay. And, and it went well. Because God knows all things well. But are we listening with our ears? We've got to be careful. Listen. Now, people will say, like Pastor Tim says, 
Uh, he, sees, he sees the things, right? He sees the picture, okay? And I don't. I get waves that come in this ear, out that ear, shakes my head. And then I go, oh, oh, I know. And then other ones will just hear. They'll hear the person. That, I don't do that, but Jill does. She hears the person. But whatever it takes, we need to understand that there's things that we have to do. And it's very important for us to make sure that we do follow what takes place, okay? When you refuse to forgive, it's actually you who's going to suffer. I, I mean, I, I was one beaten person and until, until God said, knock it off. Literally, knock it off. It was just one of those things, okay? The key to granting forgiveness is to remember this. Did God forgive you? Yes. yes, yes. Oh, gee, I got this highlighted. God forgives and forgives and forgives and forgives, but then you don't forgive because um, there's no um. Is God forgiving us and we're not going to forgive someone else? This is not quite going to be what takes place, okay? We ask God for forgiveness often. And we don't need to be trying to have other people always relegate in their forgiveness and pity. So the key to granting forgiveness is he can forgive us. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ, God, forgave you. That's out of the word. Forgiving one another, and Christ forgave you. That's pretty heavy-duty stuff, isn't it? We need to think that. We need to believe that, and we need to move on that. Put the other person beside your pride. When you think that you're hot stuff, right? And you're acting that way to them? No, 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 no. Get your pride out of the way and just be with the person, okay? Because you know what else can happen? In God's word, pride comes before the what? Oh, 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 yeah, okay? Remember that our pride can cause us to fall. Be careful. What's more difficult for us? Asking for forgiveness or extending forgiveness? You don't have to answer. You can if you want. Okay. What's the most important thing? Asking for forgiveness or are we going to extend forgiveness? God wants both people to do both things. He wants us to take care of what in the world is going on around here. Okay. Has power ever helped you to overcome temptation? There is power in prayer. And we need to exercise prayer. And there are many, many temptations that surround us. Okay. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. 
and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. So, when God says that temptation was not as hard as it was going to be, why, why was it? Because we, we weren't paying any attention. When God says that he can take the temptation out, he can take the temptation out. Yeah, I won't tell you, but there are lots of things that God has taken away from a lot of us people right here. A lot of us friends know a lot of things. And God has removed it from us. And we don't talk like that anymore, and we don't do that anymore, and we don't do that anymore. Why? Because God told us, get out of that. Move on. We have things to do, okay? You can stand up under it. Can we stand up? When you've got, you got a temptation that's just really tearing away at you, okay, and God's talking to you, you don't think you can stand up and take it? You can. It's just up to you. Stand your ground. In Romans, having all to stand, I what? I stand. Is it? Is it? That's about all I can do. I'm going to stand. I'm going to do the best that I can. And that'll be the name of it right there. Each day we should pray and ask God for two things. One, show me the way out. When there's temptation, can God tell you how to get out of that temptation? And the answer is yes. He'll even provide a way out. God will provide a way out. And number two, he's got to give you enough strength to take it out. Okay? It's ultimately whose choice? It's mine. If God's saying, knock it off, quit doing it, I, who's going to do it, right? Okay? It's ultimately our choice. But with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do it the right way. All right? The key is to act quickly. When God is telling you, you've got to take care of this, you've got to fix this, you've got to get rid of this, you're not supposed to say, uh, we'll talk about this later. He's trying to help us. He's trying to fix us. He's trying to give us the way to get where we need to go. How do we get closer to God? We don't do it by going down here. We want to go up to him. We'd like to hear what he's got to say. Oftentimes, there are others regularly praying for you. And you know that. Every Tuesday morning, there's lots of prayers going on. Sunday school classes, prayers going on. Anytime somebody wants to pray for you, you can pray. Anything that comes on your phone, you can pray. And you're praying for other people, okay? Matthew 18, 19 and 20. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there I am with you. If you need to pray, pray. Pray for people that need whatever your prayer is. Pour on them. 
let God know that people are getting together to get things right. That things will do things the right way, okay? Sometimes we even send in reinforcements for others. You know that? With prayer. You have two, three people come in, which is, by the way, that's very good. At the altar, somebody's coming in for a prayer, and all of a sudden, I'm over here looking over there. You can't hear what they're saying. I don't know what they're saying. They're all what? Praying for you. They're praying for you. You need them, okay? They support us. They can intercede for us. They're committed people that cover other people in prayer. Don't go it alone. If you need a prayer, get a prayer. And by the way, there are so many good people in this body who if you ask them to pray, they aren't telling anybody else what they prayed. They're not. They, they know. They're just, they're just going to tell God again. We don't have to tell you that he did that and he did that. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. That's not it. We are trying to pray wisely together. Intercessory support, okay? Committed people. Don't go it alone. And tell others your needs. If you have a need, you can tell other people. You can tell the other ones that you know would be just right for you, okay? But if there's a need, tell the person what the need is, okay? I, I'll tell you what happened, and I hope this doesn't happen again. But my knee got really bad, and I was limping. You probably saw me limping for a month, okay? And I thought, oh, I, ne- I didn't do anything wrong with that, okay? So I went to this specialist, and uh, he said, well, you know, we can do an MRI. I said, no, 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 no. Just, I want you to fix the knee, okay? So I laid down, and he put the syringe in, and he pulled out 30 cc's of something out of this joint right here, right, right here, okay? And he holds it up, and he goes, I've never had 30 cc's ever. And I said, well, that feels better already. And now... So far, so far, and I'm praying every day with God about it, that I can still continue to walk on that knee. I have no idea where it went. How did it happen? I didn't fall on it. It's just one of those things. But why don't we do that? Why don't we pray about it? Why don't we ask God to touch us, touch down, and do things that are important to us, okay? If you agree with others in prayer, God can move. God can move, I'm telling you. God God can really move. What is the boldest prayer that you ever prayed? I I don't know what mine was, but what was the boldest prayer you ever prayed? We all probably will have one, or just had one, or will have one, okay? Was it protection? Or do we just too often play it safe and not do what we're supposed to do? There are things that we are to do and to do well, okay? Can the worship team come up to the platform as I finish here, if you would, please? Here are three possible ways to do things, okay? Number one, 
If we have small desires, is it too small for God to help us? <laughs> I mean, if it's a little one you're going to ask God for, are we just going to say, oh, don't bother him? No, no, no. He can do all things well. Number two, if we rationalize what is and isn't possible, are we putting boundaries on our prayers? And that could bring us trouble. Because the prayer he's going to say is not possible. <laughs> right. How many times has it gone possible, though, instead of impossible? And it's for us to bring it along. And number three, if we shift from new ideas to secure protection, we draw ourselves in and don't want to fail. Okay? So when God's talking to us and he is shifting us to do something else, and then we don't. No, we're going to do it this way, okay? We let the fear of what he just said would be a good idea overtake our lives. And that will not help us at all. What protect what is rather than seek out what could be is most important. When God tells us important things, we should follow him and do what he says. We must have greater faith and vision. We should treat God completely. Prayers can unleash the Holy Spirit's power. So I would ask if today, for the altar call, if the anointers could come forward, okay? They're going to come forward for prayer, for anointing, and for any of you who have a prayer need, you can come forward, you can be anointed, and then you can pray, and we will see what God can do. I'll pray this. Lord, we lift our prayers to you. We know that you hear us and that you wait on us, Lord God. Fill this place, Lord, with your presence in your name. Amen.